Chapter Twenty Four of Percy Wynne or Making a Boy of Him. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by John Brandon. Percy Wynne or Making a Boy of Him by Francis J. Finn. Section Twenty Four in which tom meets two young gentlemen whom he is not at all anxious to see meantime tom was on his way villageward for fully a mile his sturdy little legs bore him bravely along the weather was cold the air keen tom was strong as to chest and limbs the exercise to one of his endurance was refreshing his breath came and went with the steadiness and fullness of a professional sprint-runner with his hat well down over his eyes head erect chest inflated his elbows pressed tightly to his side his fists doubled he formed a pleasant picture to all lovers of athletics none were there indeed as he sped onwards at a sturdy unfaltering pace very soon he came in sight of the village brace up old fellow he whispered to himself come on now for all you're worth it's a good mile off yet but you must make it under eight minutes or you're no good yes he added presently i'll be there in six minutes sure but there's many a slip hardly had he finished addressing himself the remark just set down when he perceived in the distance two figures advancing along the railroad track they were both human beings and of the masculine gender that he could make out but whether they were men or boys his eyesight failed to reveal wonder who they are he muttered well i hope they are friends in need anyhow i'll know soon as they're walking towards me presently he described a small wicker basket dependent on an arm of one and three or four skates linked together by a strap in the hands of the other the bearer of the skates was much the smaller of the two and clearly a boy as tom drew within the range of accurate eyeshot he gave a low prolonged whistle both were boys and boys too that he desired to see least of all the boys dwelling at that moment upon the round earth the larger he easily recognized as donald's village gladiator the famous buck the smaller lad as tom rightly inferred was george keenan's willem opponent they in turn seemed to recognize tom as a pupil at st moore's college the village youth had an unerring instinct when it came to making out a college boy for they at once so altered their proceedings as to give a strong and unequivocal hint of coming trouble the smaller hero buck's young satellite had once threw down his skates beside the railroad track and unmindful of the sharp weather proceeded to pull off his coat in such wise as to leave no doubt in tom's mind concerning the smaller hero's intentions while the adolescent buck carefully deposited his basket on the bare earth 
and composed his rugged features into a malignant scowl here's a how do you do muttered tom to himself i'm in for it now and no mistake i'd give two cents for a baseball bat and besides i'm in no humor for fussing just now anyhow he stopped running a few yards in front of the two belligerents and was taking a few slow breaths of air preparatory to speaking when buck saved him that office by opening the conversation himself see here you mean little college chap began the gloomy-browed buck with fierce earnestness we're looking for fellows like you come on you college dandy and fight vociferated buck's young friend in a tone of far less dignity but of equal earnestness he had already rolled back his shirt-sleeves to the elbow revealing two very well-developed forearms and as he spoke was executing a novel and ludicrous war-dance consisting mainly of a hop forward a hop backward and a wild brandishing of fists with an occasional leap into the air by way of interlude in the midst of these sprightly movements he took occasion to dash his ragged hat upon the ground with a high disdain of all damages to that valuable bit of wearing apparel buck putting his arms akimbo watched these terpsichorean proceedings with gloomy approval the dancer continued his speech i can lick any boy my size in that dude school come on will ya i'll black your eyes for you i'll bloody your nose and i'll warm your ears come on won't you come on i say as tom standing stock still in front of his new acquaintances listened to this strain of rough hearty unscholared eloquence and gazed upon its dancing author he forgot for a moment his sacred mission a merry twinkle shot from his eyes and the muscles of his face so twitched that he could hardly refrain to use his own subsequent expression from letting his smiles loose the twinkle of the eye escaped the attention of the pugnacious orator but he observed the facial twitching and inferred rashly enough that tom was frightened hereupon he became more eloquent there was even a touch of pathos in his tones come on you bantam he implored come on you blowhard i'll fight fair and just paralyze you come on now come on will ye here his dance became more impassioned i'll whip you so's your own mother won't know ye but all these allurements only served to introduce new twitches into tom's face and to intensify those already there suddenly however he sobered the snow had just begun to fall and the memory of percy and the dying man both exposed to the inclemency of the season shot back through his mind in all its vividness see here boys he said in all seriousness i'm in no humor for fighting just now there's a man down none of your lies broke in buck we don't care whether you feel like fighting or not but if you don't go to work and fight dick like a man i'll thrash you till you'll wish you were a chiney during this speech of the great leader 
dick was still leading the dance and in a steady flow of cordial eloquence adjuring tom to come on but tom was clinging earnestly to the memory of the dying scene he had left at his back i won't fight he said decisively you won't exclaimed buck i knew you was a coward go for him dick make him fight anyhow at the word of command dick advanced and made a savage drive at tom who at once put up his hands the blow was but partially warded off however its force was diminished yet for all that it brought out an ugly mark on tom's cheek tom was by no means an overpassionate boy nor on the other hand was he an angel in temper we find that even the meekest of mortals fly into a passion on being struck tom was not the meekest of mortals he flushed angrily for the second time the memory of his mission was driven out of his head doubled his fists and flashed back a blow at his assailant the blow was well directed it struck dick squarely on the face and sent him staggering backwards tom might have followed up his advantage with ease and indeed was on the point of doing so when suddenly his memory asserted itself there again he saw the dying man the exposed child the soul the precious immortal soul in the balance he breathed a prayer for courage grace came down upon him soft and radiant as the gentle snowflakes now thickening the air he threw down his hands come on he said both of you you can go ahead and beat me till you're tired i ask you only one favor there's a man a poor starving man dying up the track when you're through with me for god's sake go to his help i'm not going to fight with the man's life on my hands and dick i ask your pardon honestly for striking you during these words one of tom's hands had gone into his jacket doubtless it was clasping that old old scapular of the sacred heart which he had once shown to percy he was thus seeking help to bear manfully the savage revenge of these two boys his cheeks had blanched but his eye was steady however he was not called upon for a great trial of endurance his words must have been the echoes of whispered voices of grace for no speech could have had a more impressive effect dick blushed actually blushed he appeared to be thoroughly ashamed of himself and hastily began to pull down his sleeves buck's face relaxed from its gloomy sternness it softened visibly and became almost tender in its expression a poor man dying of starvation he exclaimed why didn't you say so before we wouldn't have hindered you none if we'd known that if it'll be any help to you i've got a bottle of wine with me in that basket it ain't much i know but you're welcome to it you have cried tom with animation just the thing it may save him but there's no time to lose we've got to hurry up he's not much more than a mile off come on then said buck catching up the basket we'll get there on a run say put in dick hurriedly can't i be of any help 
these words were addressed to tom and in such tone were they rendered that tom felt he had received full forgiveness yes dick my friend answered tom gravely you can be of great help run to the village as fast as you can and get a wagon or something we are friends are we not as tom spoke he slipped a silver dollar into dick's hand the poor lad with his patched garments and lacking an overcoat looked indeed as if he needed the money he tried to say something in return for his kindness but he was unskilled poor fellow in the expression of the gentler emotions and his voice stuck in his throat he passed a tattered sleeve across his eyes and hurried away even for the expression of gratitude silence may be golden without further words tom and buck took to the railroad during their long run neither spoke but for all that every step strengthened between them the friendly feelings so oddly awakened it was the touch of nature a poor deserted dying outcast that made them kin the snow falling almost blindingly a man lying on the white-robed earth his face touched and softened by the last prayer for mercy his features made beautiful by the all-composing hand beside him a kneeling boy absorbed in prayer heedless of snow and cold heedless of time and exposure no words were needed to explain the turn of events to tom and his rude companion for one instant they gazed upon the pathetic sight then by a common instinct fell upon their knees beside the dead and in prayer they all became one when the wagon arrived and the dead man had been sheltered under its canvas cover buck turned to percy do you remember me he asked percy looked at him and with a sad smile nodded his head would you mind shaking hands their hands clasped they were friends from that hour end of chapter 24